0: Right, uh, hello everyone. Welcome to the final day of our events program, which arises all, uh, out of three year research on contracting welfare services to NGOs in China. Uh, excuse me for repeating, you may have heard about it a few times, uh, but I will briefly introduce our project to uh, give our new participants some background information. The project uh, was funded by ESRC uh, Economic and Social Research Council. It comprises uh, compre- an international team of researchers, including uh, Professor Juke Howell from London School of Economic and Political Science, Professor uh, Xiaoyuan Shang from Beijing Normal University, and Professor Karen Fisher from uh, the University of New South Wales. We've also have uh, Yu Jie from Beijing Normal University, Dr. Uh, Dr. Regina Ahudo martinez and myself, Dr. William Tree, both from LSE. Uh, the project, the research was carried out over five locations in China and focused, uh, focused on three sectors, namely children living with disabilities, people living with HIV AIDS, and migrants. Uh, in total, over 120 qualitative interviews were conducted with organizations varying in their registration status, size, sectors, and relations with the government, as well as with government officials, third-party experts, and academics. We've also done um, an extensive analysis of laws, policies, regulations, and secondary research. So we've already had a series of events and a fantastic panel panel discussion before. For those of you who missed them but are are still interested in them, they'll be met online in a few days. Uh, We will let you know by then. For today's section, we have a wonderful paper from Professor Karen Fisher and Professor Xiao Yuan Shang. Sorry about the noise, uh, the, paper, the section lost, Sorry, I should introduce you first. Uh, Karen is a professor from the University of New South Wales, specializing in disability policy. Uh, Xiaoyuan is a professor from Beijing Normal University specializing in welfare and children welfare. The section lost 45 minutes uh, the speakers will have 15 minutes to present. The audio will be muted during their presentation. Then we have about 30 minutes uh, for questions and discussion. We invite you to uh, have questions either through the chat function uh, to post your questions. I will pick up and ask the speakers or right hand function. I will ask you to unmute yourself and speak. Uh, we also encourage people to turn your camera on if you are comfortable with it, you know, just to create a conversation like atmosphere. But of course, that's up to you. Uh, please note that the section will be recorded to be public poster cards, uh, including the q- uh, question and answer section. Uh, right, I think that's everything. And let's welcome Xiaoyuan and Karen.
1: Thank you very much. I'm just going to struggle with sharing my screen and then we'll start. Right, can you see the screen now? Great. Uh,
2: Yes, yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, So, uh, Xiao Yuan and I will share this presentation. Um, I'm gonna start. Um, So this is a very interesting opportunity for me to, uh, to present this paper because it brings together the two parts of our research. We were very interested in the opportunity to compare Australia and China in the way that the governments in those two very different countries have responded to market failure in social service contracting. And we're going to use the example of childcare because it seems that uh, with childcare, there uh, is a convergent policy problem, despite the very uh, wide differences in uh, the way that the governments operate. As I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, it's a struggle for most countries to secure sufficient supply of quality, affordable childcare. And that's because it's a very high cost to government or to parents. Uh, And quality depends, of course, on paying for skilled and qualified staff. It's a sector that requires uh, uh, very high levels of regulation in order to enforce quality standards. Internationally, the policy methods for dealing with this policy problem uh, are very similar and exhibited in both China and Australia. So they include uh, long-term public investment in early childhood education, similar to schools, but also over the last couple of decades, government purchasing to mobilize the market to increase the supply of childcare. In China in particular, the policy goals of purchasing uh, childcare from the market started about 2010 and the goals there were to increase uh, the supply so that all children had equal access to quality affordable preschool education. Um, The the reason for contracting then was to solve four particular problems. Uh, The undersupply of childcare services, the unaffordability of those services, the often very low quality of the services, and of course the inequality uh, between access for rural and migrant children compared to uh, children in the cities. And the overall goal was to uh, double the rate of preschool enrolment to about 85% by this year. Again, similar throughout the world, and in, and uh, evident in our research in both China and Australia, the types of ways that governments uh, purchase childcare range from subsidies to non-government organisations in the community. Uh, sometimes to for-profit companies, either small private businesses or large corporates, subsidies to government agencies, and increasingly through the the influence of neoliberalism, indirect purchasing through individual packages or vouchers to parents so that parents can make choice in the market, uh, which is meant to drive the supply and quality of childcare. But as we'll see in the Australia and New Zealand and uh, China cases, that's not actually the experience. In fact, the risks of government purchased childcare are also almost universally uh, experienced, um, undermining the quality and accountability for government purchased childcare. Uh, and that's because we see that the quality and uh, child outcomes are compromised through underservicing. Uh, The worker conditions and staff turnover um, become worse because of poor working uh, conditions. And the costs to government through bureaucratization and administrative costs then fall on the providers. Interestingly, in this field, what we've seen is a dominance by a few large private corporates, both in China and Australia, Uh, where they know there's a guaranteed uh, income stream from government subsidies, but they lower the uh, quality of those services in order to derive profit. So what I'm gonna do now is briefly introduce the Australian case so that Xiaoyuan can contrast or draw parallels with the China case. So from the 1980s, when I first came to Australia, Australia was known as having a a worldwide, having a good quality childcare system. And that was because it relied on operational subsidies to government agencies or community providers. So it was a planned system. However, with neoliberalism, those operational subsidies were gradually withdrawn and replaced by fee subsidies to parents to purchase from any provider including the private sector, which hadn't been the case in the 1980s. At the same time, the government introduced self-regulation through a national quality accreditation system, and you can imagine how successful that was. So what happened was that by the uh, 2000, the market had become highly concentrated with a very small number of large corporate providers. In fact, we had gone over that 20 years from 25% of providers being small uh, private companies to now over 75% being private and most of that actually being held by a a very small number of providers. The government was then forced to respond to poor quality services as those providers focused on profit. Unfortunately, they continued to, uh, and still to this day, continue to subsidize parents directly rather than using operational subsidies. But they were forced to subsidize some community providers because in fact, the largest corporate providers completely collapsed, Uh, they became insolvent. And this uh, threatened the whole of the childcare system in Australia. More recently, they have also introduced very strict national quality standards at last, thank goodness, uh, that, uh, to achieve quality, safety and child outcomes, primarily through the expensive measure of staff qualifications and staff ratios. And now I'll turn to uh, Xiaoyuan to give you the equivalent story through the China child care purchasing history.
2: Hi. Hi, now, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, now I'm uh, talking about the China's uh, situation. The first uh, I'm going to uh, introduce, uh, uh, briefly introduce the policy development in early childhood education in China. During China's economic reforms, early childhood education underwent the reform of socialization. That actually means uh, uh, privatization or marketization in the 1990s and uh, re- reduced the reduced public expenditure on early childhood er- education due to the significant decline of the provision of services at the beginning of this century. This child care witnessed uh, the problems uh, Karen just mentioned service under supply, uh, affordable low quality services and inequality. And this situation started changing in 2010, the Chinese government redefined the nature of the early childhood education as universally provided free or low cost quality education for all the children in China. Subsequently, a huge amount of financial investment was made to this every year in addition to directly investment to public kindergartens, and the government also purchase the childcare services from the market and from the community. <laughs> and, but this is a part of the story. Another part is the Chinese government did not allow profit making institutions to run preschool education until 2016. During the government purchase services from the market, this final limit was changed. In 2016, the government amended the non-state education promotion law, making it clear that in the area of non-compulsory education, private capital is allowed to run for profit educational institution. This started from 2017. As soon as this announced, this was announced, early childhood education immediately became a new favorite for for capital for profit. Uh, I have seen, I have read some market analysis report give the prediction. So after the four uh, three to four years of the beginning input, uh, the investment uh, will give 20 to 40 percent stable annual profit uh, for 20 to 40 years for investors. So you can imagine, under this background, large capital started purchasing existing kindergartens nationwide. A few large corporate providers appeared in the middle of 2000s. The first highly concentrated early childhood education chain institution in China, it's RYB education in China is called Red, Yellow, and Blue, or three colors. People just say three colors. Uh, they, uh, the company acquired King Gardens across China and grew significantly through the financing and got listed in the United States in the 2017. Since then, the profits had become the focus of the operator. The money that should have been used to improve the quality of teachers was instead used in the distribution of shareholders profits, the kindergartens became a money printer for a uh, few shareholders. The chain company failed to operate uh, kindergartens uh, earnestly and its kindergartens were poorly managed. Uh, serious uh, child abuse uh, incidents took place uh, in Beijing and uh, uh, many other places in China. Uh, next, uh, child scandals. Uh, public actions and the policy responses. Around 2017, uh, quite a few cases of child abuse scandals were reported in China nationwide. In Shanghai, Beijing, uh, Nanjing, Northeast China, China the, most, the, the most famous one is the three colors, the company, this company. Mm. Some kindergartens and uh, RYB education has been reported to abuse children. The behaviors include sexual abuse, needle-stabbing, violence against the children, and so on. In one of the kindergartens, uh, 30 children were reported to be needle-stabbing by uh, by five staffs, uh, and. Uh, so uh, this uh, the situation not only happened in one place. It's uh, uh, happened in many places in China. Not only in only this company, but also other companies. But uh, uh, this is the situation. Uh, another city. Another part of the story is the parent uh, uh, actions. Um, with the help of WeChat, uh, parent actions effectively made the problem known by outside of the world. And following up the parents' actions, mass media responses to the poor quality private child care nationwide also very fast. Uh, Followed the, follow the, the mass media, governments at every level responses to parents' complaints uh, also immediately, almost immediately uh, in Beijing and in, in any places if there's a parent's complaints and the mass media reports. Uh, apart from this, uh, in people's representatives and the members of Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, also raised issues uh, to the national Congress or to the uh, people's political consultant conference. So that's uh, uh, raised uh, the quality uh, problem to the top of political agenda. Uh, it's next. Uh, government. Uh, uh, response to the poor quality of services. Uh, the government take actions uh, about the scandal. Uh, seriously, the main main actions include uh, investigation and sometimes close or suspend the kindergartens, uh, permanently or temporarily to close. Uh, one case can, one scandal case in. Jilin uh, is closed the kindergarten. It's also belong to three colors in some other places a criminal charge for abusers as mainly the, uh, the uh, mainly the teachers the the company the three colors uh, refuse to take uh, the responsibility but they uh, they provide some uh, compensation to the parents and uh, but the most effective way is to uh, is policy responses uh, to these uh, scandals it 's also quite uh, effect uh, effectively and also very fast in two, uh, uh, the company listed in the united states uh, it's in two thousand and seventeen and uh, two months later the scandal reported and in 2000, one year later a few ma- actually a few months uh, uh, later in two thousand eighteen new policies uh, were announced um these uh, uh, new policies uh, uh, including um, um first uh, the uh, gross enrollment rate of uh, uh Three is uh, the new policy. Is First, it's a national cap on profit uh, providers. And uh, the total uh, uh, goal is by 2020, the gross enrollment rate of, of three years preschool education in how China should reach 25%. But uh, the proportion of children attending public kindergartens or Puhui private uh, uh, kindergartens. Puhui means uh, universally benefit uh, or fee, private kindergartens uh, should reach 80% of total. That is to say the proportion of children attending for-profit kindergartens should not exceed 20% uh, the second uh, important policy is uh, developing the public kindergartens, which should account for more than fifty percent of nationwide. That means fifty percent of children should go to the public uh, kindergartens run by the government for achieving these goals. The government subsidies to and the price limit for non state providers. Also have to expand in government services. Uh, another very important policy is uh, third, no, no matter uh, for-profit or non-profit, preschool education assets are not allowed to, the, to, to be listed in the share market. And uh, some other, uh, other policy, including government buyback purchased services. In some cities, uh, in um, somewhere, uh, some places. And the new regulation also were made for operation and uh, is established a new position as school monitoring in every school to monitoring qualities. And also uh, set a salary level and qualification for caregivers because when they, um, when Analysis analysis of the uh, scandals found the very low salary for uh, teachers uh, could be one of the main reasons for a teacher to abuse the children. So the so this is the uh, China's stories. And uh, Now we could see there is a very similar responses at uh, in China and Australia. But uh, the different speeds, China actually act very fast. And the similar responses, including fixed cap on market mix, in China is 20% for profit. And in some in cities we, we conducted the field work is just 10% for, uh, for profit. And 50% of public kindergarten and 30% uh, it's, uh, private, non-for-profit kindergartens. Uh, also increased the regulation of quality standards. In Australia, this uh, also happened, increased the regulation and, and of quality standards, and increase the funding for market mix away from concentration of corporate childcare. Also, another important thing is accountability and uh, but uh, in china and australia theres continue shared problem and the uh, future there's future options and uh, this including managing quality uh, for, uh regulation accreditation licensing linking quality compliance or lessons of fundings um enforce Enforceability of standards to let parents supervising the school and a funding provider of parents rely on market responsiveness information and the fund parents. Commitment to non for profit I think this is quite important. Government subsidies, staffing costs, and the school accountability is very important. Uh, that's uh, what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, Karen, are you going to add some conclusion? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's
1: the end of our presentation, so we we'll look forward to questions.
0: Okay. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Karen and Xiaoyuan, for such an interesting uh, presentation. I've got a question from... Katya, sorry if I pronounce your name wrong, uh, who says, I would like to inquire how you justify the comparison of two countries in your research, what's the relevance and insight of this comparison? Uh, She or he, sorry about that. Uh, The question is asked because uh, Katya is also doing a comparative study and uh, he or she, Sorry, found that it's difficult to justify it in comparison to multi-country quantitative research in political science. So do you want to answer that question?
1: Um, So I think what we've seen from the workshops this week is that many of the um, questions around contracting or social services are not unique to China. And so, it's very important for, uh, if we are doing policy analysis like this, to be able to demonstrate which bits are similar and which bits ca- might we attribute to the uh, political context of China. Uh, and so, um, we obviously this is not quantitative analysis; it's a historical policy analysis, uh, and so. We have, we have used that sort of comparison a bit um, in this paper particularly, but we are also increasingly doing um, that between uh, China and other countries that have uh, Chinese migrant um, history to again, demonstrate similarities and comparisons. So I'd, I'd certainly encourage you to continue on with the comparison with China. I think um, what you are um, also highlighting is there is a little bit of um, a, a parochialism about, well, China's different. Well, no, you know maybe China one time was different, but I think in today's globalized world, it is very important to be respectfully treating China in the same international context as other countries uh, so that we can speak about, in, in my case, speak about social policy as a global phenomenon and China is one of those locations.
0: Xiaoyuan, do you want to say something about it? Uh, No, I agree. It was Karen. Right. Uh, Thank you, Karen. Uh, I've got a question from Jude. Uh, I found it very interesting that Chinese government took the uh, outsourced services back in-house. This has happened in the UK too has this taking back of outsourced service in house happened in other sections in China too for example elderly care or housing or construction uh, uh, we didn't research
2: in that field but uh, but in the this disability services and the other type of child care services and um, we didn't see the the similar uh, situation.
0: Right. Can I have a follow question on that? Sorry, Bingo I just stepped in. Um, when you said bring, uh, buy back the outsourced services, can you give me more explanation? Like how do they do that? Do they need a specific procedure to do that or they just suddenly stop? Uh, purchasing from non-governmental uh, providers,
2: and in China, we we don't know it's uh, if it's a national uh, situation because China's uh, government purchase is at a local level. Local government have the uh, power to to make the decision, and the buyback uh, mainly it's the. Uh, kindergartens which used uh, the subsidized land uh, within communities, and uh, uh, so when they occupied land, uh, that's uh, at the beginning it's a, a kind of a government uh, substance for uh, for these kindergartens. And uh, so there's a policy uh, mentioned that if the kindergarten used this type of land because. Uh, when building the, the buildings uh, and uh, the land has not paid the government uh, uh, the price for selling out the land, so only the non for profit uh, kindergartens can occupy this land. Mm. So, for, so for this type of this type of uh, uh, kindergarten, have to change its Natural from uh, for profit to uh, non for profit, but uh, the government will that's in Nanjing government will increase the subsidies for these kindergartens to keep uh, um, to let them uh, to keep a law fee from parents. Mm.
0: Sorry, yeah, that, that's very interesting. Thank you. Is it, uh Am I right to assume assume that you to the question? Or did I just interrupt you? No, so I will just move on to the next question, if that's okay.
2: Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, our next question came from Bingqing. Will migrant parents who have to work extremely long hours be disadvantaged in a service uh, where parents would be required to monitor so, uh nursery services uh i would assume that's a question for both australia and china case or just the china case
2: uh, i'm both. not quite uh, yeah
0: <laughs> sorry do you want me to repeat the question uh yeah uh, so Binting asked, "Will migrant parents who have to work extremely long hours be vulnerable in or disadvantaged in a service? Uh, you know, parents may might be required to uh, monitor nursery services. So, can you share something on that?"
1: Uh... Maybe I can I think little... respond in general. So, um, yeah. I, I, think, I think what we see in Australia and China is there is a question, yes, of the individual, but also the collective action of parents. So, um, in, uh, in the China case, we saw how parents as a group then mobilised on uh, social media um, and uh, to their political representatives. In Australia, the the quality accreditation system uh, forces providers to uh, consult and actively seek feedback from parents as a collective. So it's not just about your particular child, it's about all of the children in that service. But yes, obviously if if a migrant parent is not able to uh, spend time in the centre, or observe, then that they need to rely
0: on other parents. Yep. Um yeah. So, sorry, did I interrupt you again? No. Right. Sorry about that. The, we have a question from Harriet Evans. Um, so there is a fundamental contradiction between high quality preschool uh, child care services and prof, uh, and for-profit provision that can prioritize profits and shareholders over quality provision. but is a link with child abuse a uh, effect of prioritization of child care. Or does it just a, a problem that is also present, but maybe maybe hidden in the public sector? Uh, in in other words, in the logic of Shao argument, that the is the logic of Shao argument that the prioritization of childcare arguments child abuse. Well, I'm not quite quite. Uh, Sure, uh, what's think, the question? Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, simplified uh, my understanding of the question, which which could be wrong is, is the relationship between prioritization and child abuse. Is it a problem of prior, uh, pri- private child care or it could happen in the public sector as well, but just nobody knows? Maybe, and, again, mm-hmm. I can
1: speak in general, okay. and, and, and Xiaoyuan can speak in, in for China. Mm-hmm. So what, one of the biggest, of course, abuse happens everywhere. Wherever there is a child and an adult, there is a risk. And so that's one of the measures of quality child care is having sufficient staff ratios, having qualified staff, and those things cost money. And so to manage, as in prevent and respond to abuse, uh, costs money. So, no, privatisation doesn't cause abuse, but it's more likely to um, happen and to be unresponded to if the staff quality and numbers are not high enough. Uh, and that's what we saw in both Australia and China. Um, the The difference in the collapse between the two countries was in in, in Australia, it was the financial collapse that finally triggered government Action in China. It was the public scandal about abuse that triggered the action. Shao do you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think you said right. Yeah, is enough.
0: Yeah. Right. We have a question from uh, Chun yun uh, Also, did did the government response in two thousand sixteen in China raised the response to I I guess in 2016, uh, the rest of the salary of staff members of preschool organization. So I understand uh, yeah, as advocacy. So did China's government respond to that? Oh, uh, yeah yeah yes, uh, and
2: uh, in the 2018 uh, new policies, uh, and ask uh, said, the asked uh, the the uh, standard for. Uh, standard of salary and the qualification of
0: the staff. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Um, Right, we have a follow-up question from Regina. So that's following uh, Jude's question. I also found very interesting that the services were brought back. Uh, did this mean the government started to provide the services directly or did they cancel the contracts with the providers and then recontracted them again to other providers? Uh,
2: I think uh, this, uh, in China this policy was made locally. We conducted the uh, field work in Nanjing And uh, in Nanjing, the government actually uh, is not a a kind of contract contract out. It's a government set a standard say, if you increase the one classroom with 30 uh, students uh, placement, then the government pay you say 200,000 for purchase this one. And uh, uh, for each child, uh, for example, if, if you accept one child, the child can get uh, six thousand RMB per year uh, for for this year's services. So not it's not a
0: long-term uh, contract. Uh, right. So Tim uh, raised his hand. Tim, do you want to ask your question yourself?
3: Oh, thank you. Um, and thank you both for, for those great presentations and, and the discussion. I guess my question has in part been asked by Harriet and, and, and answered as well. But just a comment, really. It, it, it is interesting, isn't it, uh, uh, around questions of agency and power that the government in China uh, you know, uh, reacted as it did. I, I, unfortunately, I don't know enough about Australia to comment there, Karen, I'm sorry, but but the, the, the government in China reacted as it did with relation to this sector. Um, I wonder if it would react in the same way with old age care or with elderly care. And also, it is interesting that local, uh, at the local level, uh, uh, governments, local governments have indeed, when there has been trouble, in outsourcing or privatizing out services, they've been quite quick to bring them back in. Not just uh, I raised a question about elderly, but and, and and you know compared it with the childcare sector uh, here or nursery sector here, but also with the sanitation workers in Guangzhou. The Guangzhou government, according to Friedman's research, and and Haojiang I think it was, also brought in uh, brought back services in house as I understand it, following, uh, following various strikes and unrest in that sector in, in, in Guangzhou City. So I, I think there's some really interesting questions being raised here around agency, you know, the room for agency in, in, in these sectors, uh, but also about, you know, the, the nature of, of, of the Chinese state, really. Is, is it a neoliberal state? Is it entirely committed to neoliberal ideas? Clearly not in certain, some circumstances. So I thought these were really thought-provoking presentations and questions. Thank you.
0: So do you want to respond to that, Karen? Maybe and I can comment.
1: I mean, I, I, as you say, I think that's the value of comparison, is to see why why is the Chinese government reaction different, um, and and what was it that triggered the the speed of reaction, and uh, and and you can attribute that to perhaps stability of the authoritarian state and and capacity also. Um, so similarly, in Australia at the moment, we are going through a similar scandal with aged care services, and particularly in the context of COVID. Um, at, I, and I can't see uh, the government being any different to the first time, that unless there's a financial collapse, they're not going to step in. However, I would expect that uh, in the China situation would be different uh, if there was a threat to stability because of public um, scandals over uh, abuse in aged care services. Uh, but obviously we'd need to rely on someone else's research to, to demonstrate that empirically. Shall you Anne? Uh,
2: Yeah. But uh, I, I'm not, uh, I don't know a lot about aged care. <laughs> but uh, in child care, I think the situation is a bit more sensitive because parents—they are very politically active. They are educated. They can use WeChat effectively. They can use mass media very effectively. So they can voice for their children. I think better than the old people.
0: Uh, right, we have one minute left, and the next question is: uh, Karen, could you say from Yun, Karen, could you say something about why providing subsidy to parents relates to low-quality service provision? Can you very quickly respond to that?
1: Uh, so interestingly, this is, again is another contrast in what was previously in Australia a far more planned uh, childcare system before neoliberalism. So the government could say, okay, we need childcare here and we need it for this age group and we need it of this quality. Whereas if uh, you, you provide directly to parents, parents can make those choices. Um, and so typically what happens is, a, a especially with the, for the large corporates, they can have a very flash-looking childcare centre that has appalling childcare staff quality and ratios, but that's not what parents know about. They know, oh, this looks nice. um, And so spend their money there. And it may not be the type of care that is actually needed in the market and not the quality of care.
0: Uh, Right. Um, I'm afraid we'll have to stop here. Um, I'm so sorry. There are some really interesting questions that we don't have time to cover. Uh, But again, I hope that's that's the motivation for you to join us uh, in our next panel discussion, which will be in 15 minutes. Uh, You will see the link to uh, the panel discussion um, in the chat. Um, And I think it's been great. Thank you very much, Karen and Xiaoyuan for your interesting presentation. And thank you all for your questions. I I look forward to see you very soon. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.